I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant. And beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hey, Hi. Ben. Hey, how you doing? Sorry. <laughs> I cut you off on your haze. Hey! Hey! hey. So we, we're continuing on the air, yeah. episode four. Best episode of the season. Mm, that's debatable. <laughs> I think we talked a little bit before we started this show. I'm going to like this more than you are, I think. Yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it that didn't... Do it for me. I'm going to make my case in, in a minute. But first, I just want to say, this is another episode that didn't air in the U.S., mm -hmm. but it was written by Scott Frost, Mark Frost's brother. He helped write Twin Peaks episode season two, episode eight and 14. It directed by Jonathan Sanger. He was a producer for The Elephant Man. Yeah. One of the big guest stars is Freddie Jones. This is the infamous Freddie Jones episode. Yes, the guy, he, he was in uh, Elephant Man, he was in Wild at Heart as the, uh, <laughs> yeah! Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> we, hotel room. we yeah. interviewed him, right? and um, I understood him more better on the show, because he's got a thick accent. Uh, right? I mean, it was he, hard. He, I didn't think it was that hard. Yeah. Either. You think so? I mean, I think uh, it was a connection, maybe. Yeah. But um, it was so cool, because like, the voice and now seeing him, I was just like, "That's what it was like." Yes, I pictured something else. I pictured well, I mean, some old. And, and remember, this is uh, this is still uh, twenty eight years ago. I know, so he could look a lot different. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool to see him. I couldn't find this out, but I did wonder if maybe Jonathan Sanger actually got Freddie Jones onto this show. In uh, Jonathan Sanger's book, The Making of the Elephant Man, David Lynch and him, I think we told the story when we had uh, Freddie Jones on, but it was David Lynch sat and Jonathan Sanger that sat down with Freddie Jones and they, they had to convince him to come and do the Elephant Man. And I just wondered if maybe Jonathan reached out to Freddie again and said, hey, I'm doing the episode of On the Air. Will, will you what? be on this? I don't know if it's true, but it, it's a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. A happy coincidence. Coincidence. Yes. I, I want to make my case about this episode. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> make your case. So here's what I, th I like about this episode. Yeah. I feel like all the characters have their moments in it. I feel like everybody gets their moment. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the most similar episodes to the pilot in that you have... You have a beginning and ending of, like, starting the show, preparing for it, and then going that's live. That's true. It is true. This and, is, like, the first one in a while, too. Right. I mean, we had the restaurant, the, and we had, oh, the, no, game we had show. the game show, but it didn't feel to me... Like, this one is the first one where I really get... Like, <coughs> yes, it's a sketch show. You have you have an angel hunting sketch, and then you have a, a jail cell, which is... Yeah, right. And so these are multiple sketches. What I kind of thought the show was, but all these other episodes, you never really clear. It's like, what's going on? And like, even you know, I know there was one episode where you were like, are we even watching Lester Guy's show? Yeah, like, what are we doing? So I thought they finally had that together. And um, Very true, very true. To me, this episode is the model of what the show should be. Like, I feel like this is the first one where, like, I think every episode should be... Make sure you have a balance of all these characters, that they all have a part to play in the show. Yeah. And then... It's always going to go wrong in live production. I mean, I think that's how, that's the model. But, like, it's funny. Yeah. That's what the pilot was trying to say. And somehow they kind of got off course mm -hmm. with going to a restaurant in the second episode. And then in the third episode, they did a quiz show that it didn't feel right to me. Like, it, it, I guess it's a sketch, but it was, you actually could win money. And it's like, well, I don't <laughs> usually win money on a sketch, sketch show. show. Yeah, so yeah. I felt like this one is like, this is what you should be doing. And like, this one didn't air, but I felt like this is like, this is the model you should be doing going forward. Balance the characters. And at the same time, you always still have Lester trying to go after Betty and he's, he's trying, trying to bring her down. Yeah, in this episode, villain. he has a, a well-talented uh, you know, actor that like in the movies. Mm. He, but he's kind of gone beyond his prime. Who, this is Freddie Jones, who is uh, playing Dan Tailings. It's a great name. But it, it, the whole idea is that, like, if he had some like amazing actor, it would help him shine as well, and then somehow it would make Betty look bad. And then also, it would attract 
possibly more famous actors. I feel like they want to go Saturday Night Live route and have like guest stars. Our guest star Stan Tailings has arrived. Why do I already regret it? Oh, I need great actors on the show, buddy. I can't be forever pulled down by Betty. What day is it, Hudson? Well, Stan Tailings by my side, you'll see me rise to this occasion, to greatness. Yeah, well, Tailings is costing me a fortune. We've got no backup. The whole show's firmly on his shoulders. Oh, buddy, Stan and I were both men of the theater. We live the motto, the show must go on. Lester, Tailings lays an egg. The show must go off. You make a good argument, Ben. I can't, I can't refute any of that. But, uh, <laughs> but for me, I, and I agree. That, like this is, for me so far, it's not my favorite. I think tonally, I don't, I didn't find it that funny. Huh. Like I always find everything else funny. There's moments. I still like some moments. Don't get yes. me wrong, but. As of now, it's just my least favorite one. It's not god-awful. I don't know. Totally, it's very dark. I guess it could be dark humor. I guess it's a so. very kind of dark humor, but like... I guess so. I'll laugh at least one gag. This yeah. one, I felt like... It felt very mushy mash to me, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I agree. It, this is what you'd want out of the show week every week. I thought it was a little wacky, but it wasn't... The third episode was like way too much sound effects. That's true. It was it like was if you look cartoony. Tunes, yeah. This one was wacky. I thought it was grounded in a story about bringing on this actor, thinking that it was gonna make the, make the show better, and maybe it just made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> there was some cartoon esque moments. Sure. Um, I agree. I'm, yeah. And we get to the end. We. You're right. Yeah. There is. So, but let's go. Let's, yeah. let's go. Let's throw it. And I, I'll let you lead, but I just want to say there is one other guest guest star, Doodles the Duck. Yes, Doodles the Duck. <laughs> Things get dark with Doodles the Duck. I don't know if Doodles has been in other episodes, but we've seen ducks in other episodes. I think we've seen in the pilot there was a duck in a chair, and then in a previous episode uh, we saw... Oh, yeah, we've seen the duck before. Yes. We, I don't know if it's the same duck, but we've seen a duck. Right. We've heard a duck quacking and walking around set. This is the story of Doodles the Duck. Yes. His, his, his demise. Betty and Doodles. They're, they're, I know. They're, she's, that's her pet... She's like taking it with her, and she's like letting her know that like, oh, she, Doodles can't have his own dressing room right now. I know Snap the dog gets his own dressing room. He's been there longer. <laughs> I know, so weird. I give you Stan Tailings. We meet Stan Tailings, and he has coughing issues. Like you know, at first, and these are the things. He's very long-winded, so he'll be like, oh, "I am a great actor, and I'm going to keep talking." Blah blah blah. And, and everybody's like, "We just want you. To, we yeah. want you to stop, and we want to get back to work." But he'll go on, and then all of a sudden he'll stop, and he'll start having coughing, wheezing fits. Yeah, and his voice is all distorted and weird. It reminds me of Wild at Heart with with uh, Lynch changing his voice. Yes. Um, the actors are come hither, my lord, Hamlet. I hope to know all of you as this night unfolds. For it is... <coughs> this is what I mean when I think all the characters get a moment. So Bert, who in the pilot, he plays the husband of, Aha! I caught you with another man in the kitchen. He's detailing and he says, You're probably sick of people asking you this, but you look so much less on screen. And it's such a... Non-compliment compliment. It's basically saying you're fat. Yeah, it's and he was a, a big guy. Yes, and then Tailings says... The residue lad of one of the trifling tragedies that dot my theatrical career. In this instance, a wet staircase, a mistimed gong, and an industrial vice that produced a sudden spurt in growth at the tender age of 42. Growth happened at 42, which basically is say I got, I just got fat. Yeah, yeah, I but, got lazy at 42, and that was the end of it. But I thought that was kind of a moment for Bert, and it was kind of a, a, a strange, silly thing to say. They're doing a skit that is based on a film Stan did. An Almost Innocent Man. An Almost Innocent Man. So Lester is going to play Stan's role, and we're going to redo that as as one of the sketches from the show. Yeah. But so you see the film really quick, a part of it, and then you all of a sudden the the screen goes down, and there is Stan, who looks nothing like the actor that was in the film, and that's where uh, Bert comes in and makes that and reference there. I googled it because I was like, "Is this based on something real?" It is not. Yes. It is a fake movie. 
they did a great job because I'm like, I wonder if Freddie Jones was in a movie or something. There was a movie in right. Innocent Man, but nothing. Going with all these characters, you have Nicole, who's the assistant to Bud. I thought in this episode, she was angry a lot. She was really mad. Yes, she, yes. But I kind of like this anger reaction, and I feel like that she was kind of owning it. And I, I don't know. I thought it was funny that a duck comes and, and goes all around Lester. And and so Nicole takes out her purse and she throws it at the duck, hitting Lester in the face, face. and knocking him down. And kind of he's out of it at that point. But yeah, yeah. for me, that was her moment. And she has other moments where yeah, we'll, we, we can get into. But she's upset a lot. and She's very pissed. <laughs> so Betty loses the duck. And we spent a lot of this episode for her looking for the duck. After my uncle. Let's just get into it. It is one of my favorite moments, but it's also, it is like a very Looney Tunes gag. So the duck is wandering around stage and you have two stage hands. Now the payoff to this will be later on. We'll, we'll get into it. But they're setting up an electric chair and there's two levers and they don't know what levers do what. And the duck gets on the chair. So they switch the levers it electrifies the duck, yes, which turns it into like a a, a, a pre cooked duck. Yeah, roasted a roasted uh, duck. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Like you get a, a grocery With store. roasted duck. Yes. yes, and so they label they label it so they know which lover does what. They like, hey, lunch, and, and they I, start eating the duck. Yes. Oh, and then Betty comes by and it's like, there was this pink ribbon on the duck. And have you seen him? And they're just eating it. And there's pink ribbon <laughs> on, on the roasted duck. Yes. yes. And they eat it and they don't say anything. Right. And I was like, oh, poor Betty. Poor duck. Poor duck. Just like that, the end. The, the, yeah, this is like the ending of the I, duck. You know, I think duck didn't perform well. He had a few episodes in the past. And they're like, you know, it's time to kill him off. I think he wanted more money. <laughs> So they killed this character off. It's such a degree that you actually did turn an electric chair into an electric chair. Like, this is supposed to be a prop. It should not work at all. There should be no wires, no electricity. Nothing should be working. It should be fake. But on The Lester Guy Show, everything's real. Yes. Isn't that the weirdest thing? <laughs> a game show has got to give away give real money. Yeah, right, like, right. It's so bizarre. But they don't understand the concept of, of a sketch show. Yes, right. yeah. Like, it's not literally. They hired people that only know how to do real things and not... Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's so bizarre. So Ruth and the producer are in Stan's dressing room, and he's making a concoction drink, and he's adding salt to it. And you, Shorty comes in, and he's got this really large salt. Yes, a bag of it. salt. Right. Later on, <laughs> Bud is being asked to come see Stan, and Stan says, If it's about the salt, I'm afraid we're all out. I have just one small question. What <laughs> What do you mean exactly when you say we'll be on live? And was he lobsters or something? Yeah, that's funny. He comes to the door. Like We hear him coughing and... and yeah. Gar no, he's gargling. gargling. He likes to gargle his drink. Like He thinks it's going to help his throat out. And right, he opens the door and he's got a lobster bib on. I was like, oh my God. So this guy just wants to eat and hang out. Right. Stan's question is, so about this live stuff, is it like basically saying, is it live? And, like, Bud is so frustrated. It's like, are you kidding me? Of yeah, course yeah. we're going live. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he says he wants to kill him. And it, Bud gets to a point where he actually does have a gun with him. <laughs> Which, yet again, it's a real gun. Yeah. It should be a prop gun. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, he's yeah. serious. He's yeah. really not happy. He doesn't want to lose his job. The first sketch that they're going to be uh, doing is the dream sequence with Lester. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Lester has a dream as a hunter, and he's hunting ducks. And he shoots... And he hits Betty the Angel. See, this is where it all falls apart for me. Really? Because these, these sketches make no sense. Even Betty calls it out. And Betty's like, wait a minute. If you shoot and you wound the duck, wh why would I be coming down? Because I'm, I'm not dead. If I, I already died and I'm an angel, Joel. why would I? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And they're like, just. And then uh, I forget who, but someone, uh, what's her name? Freaked it. Just shut up. Nicole. Like, Nicole. Nicole, Bud's assistant, says, Shut up! Why don't you go back to Iowa? You big farmer! Like she <laughs> was. Big farmer, what? Yeah. yeah, these sketches are weird. They, like, make no sense. I didn't mind. 
mind it. I I actually like the big farmer because it's so ridiculous that that reference and stuff and. Yeah, you're right. Betty is right. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah. it's like, I tell you, I watch Saturday Night Live every week, and half the time they don't make any sense to me. I know, but I like I those like, sketches <laughs> compared to this. What I'm saying is, where's the humor in this sketch? When they do it live, it, there's some funny stuff. That things happen. First, you have sound uh, sound effects and a duck that's supposed to fall when he shoots it up in the sky. Instead, all these ducks pile down on him. Like a pile of, of ducks. ducks land on Lester. Ducks! The ducks! And he falls over, and then he's got, like, somehow one of the ducks falling apart, and it's on his, half of the duck's on his head. It goes through his head. The other end was coming out the back. He had Yes. What? He had a duck go through, yet again, another weird Looney Tunes kind of thing. Yeah. When he he stands up, you can see the duck in the back of his head. Maybe it's on the side, or I don't know how it's. It's going through his head. Okay. It, it, basically one of those things where the, it looks like an arrow going through your head, but it's a duck. Yes. Why? Why would that happen? So, when you watch it, Ben, again, when you okay. get the sound clips, look for that part. It's I'll there, look for I, it. I'm like, what? Okay. Yet I it, knew it was. I, I saw it on the front. I didn't notice it in the back. Yeah. 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 So Lester basically has a duck, a fake duck, go through his right. head. Right. So he's falling over again, and he seems like he gets unconscious every time he gets knocked over. But he's fragile. That, so there's a swing that lowers Betty, Betty. down. And somehow Shorty has got himself stuck on the swing with him again. Very funny moment. I yeah. like this moment. And she's like, You're safe now. This is television. No one will be able to see you. Oh. And she puts a little doily on his head, like a handkerchief. <laughs> and television won't notice. Notice? <laughs> yeah. And like, so it comes down. He's perfectly still. He says nothing. He's got a handkerchief on his head. It's like, Clifford the big red dog behind, hiding behind a house. Yes. You know, like, right. obviously you're there. But... I did like that moment. I thought that was really funny. I'm just saying if this sketch had played out as is, what the heck is it? Right. But it is it is funny when it did go wrong. I did like yes. that moment. And Lester, when he get, looks up, he's like, who are you and why is yes, Shorty wh- right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all confused. Right. You know, I learned this from uh, Courtney's experience of going to the UCS screening that she had talked about. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess Shorty wasn't supposed to be even in the pilot because there was only so many actors that could be on it, but Lynch put him on there. And it almost, it almost makes me, reminds me of like the Log Lady where the Log Lady didn't really have any any parts, mm. but, you know, Lynch was able to sneak people in and stuff. So That's it's cool. interesting that you know, like he, he kind of had nothing and he's kind of grown into his own character. Yeah, I like that. So the other s- sketch is what we were talking about was the... An Almost Innocent Man sketch. An Almost Innocent Man sketch. And you have Lester as the man who's been imprisoned and he's going to the electric chair. Yeah, in a very dark sketch. I guess so. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a dream where he's shooting ducks and Angel comes down and now he's going to go in the electric chair. I can't, I feel like I'm watching a Lynch movie backwards. <laughs> like, he should go in the electric chair. Right. Then he, he's in heaven with all these ducks he killed and they attack him. Yeah. And know. to me, this seems like one, just like the pilot... Where Lester seems out of it half the time. Like, I think that, like, when they bring him to the lecture chair, he doesn't even seem like he's conscious. They're just kind of dragging him yeah. there, and he's kind of out of it. Because all the ducks. Yeah, yeah, all the ducks got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have Stan, who's, uh, who's the warden, and he's supposed to, you know, he's supposed, <laughs> he's supposed to basically uh, take the phone and answer it. And he's, again, having his coughing, wheezing issues. And Bud, the president, is so frustrated with him that he's like, Give me the script. I'm going to go do it myself. So this is a live show, but Bud decides people don't – America doesn't need to see – it doesn't matter. He just needs to go there and, and say the lines. So he takes the script. He runs there, and he, he takes the uh, microphone or, – or really it's the phone away from Stan and does the line. Honey, I can't let you go through with this. I don't care what your mo- – And the lines are from the last week's episode, <laughs> episode which is he says them, and I think he, he realizes it. But then he continues on to the next scene and still reading the wrong lines. I, I thought that was kind of clever yeah, to have yeah. the wrong script. And the dog is actually pulling on the phone cord. Yes. So like he's trying to say his lines, but he's also getting pulled towards the wall. Right. Because the dog is grabbing the um. The phone cord on the opposite side of the wall and pulling at it. Right. So it's like a tug of war, can't say the lines, and then, yeah, he comes out with the wrong script. 
Yes. Yeah, and we have Lester who's asking for forgiveness. The idea was the warden was going to save him at the last second. But it didn't and everybody really. cheers and everybody's yeah. happy. And then they've decided to uh, put, I don't even know why you have to push anything on, on, on it, but they push it and he they fry Lester. Yes. I was like, is this the last episode of the Lester Guy show? And he's going to get another Looney Tunes <laughs> moment. Right. He goes flying up in the sky into uh-huh. the rafters and we, he's left there by the end of the episode with him uh, cooked. He's, uh, he's kind yeah. of blacked and uh, he's just kind of out of it. And I kind of feel like getting the duck cooked and then eaten as a gag. You were thinking Lester might get cooked and eaten up? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. But like it kind of like show, you know, there's no, nobody gets really hurt in this thing other than ducks. So like Lester guy, you know, he gets a duck through the head. He gets fried. Yeah, it was just weird. I was like, I'm like, I mean, that was, I one. do think that was over the top. I will, I will, I will give you that one. Yeah. I think the ending with him going up in the raft. I mean, they did that with the pilot again, too, where he was like. Hanging upside down. Upside down. But it was like, oh, I think the suspenders or something like that. Uh-huh. That suspenders would actually lift a guy up and go through the window. Some of those yes. things are kind of like, that's not really believable. So I don't know if I love that. But I think that as a whole, I thought it was a good model for where the show could Fair go. Enough. You know, and I, th- I think I've talked about this. There's shows out there that it would take a whole season to find themselves. You, you look at Star Trek The Next Generation. It really took a year for those characters to find themselves, and then like the next season, you could you say, "Oh, that's really is Picard, and that's mm-hmm. all these other characters." But I think some shows need time to find oh, itself. Oh, yeah, and I, I totally agree. I still see so much potential in this show, and I actually like that it was wacky, and I I still think they can even go wackier, mm-hmm. not wacky in Looney Tunes, but I think they could be crazy and off the wall. It's a it's a fine balance, isn't it? You don't want it to be Looney Tunes, but I do like it to be a little out there. Yeah, and I think they haven't found that balance because it's a, it's almost like watching a cartoon at times. Yeah. But then it can be grounded like episode two. It's believable. Nothing wacky happened. But this, you know, frying him, frying the uh, the duck and having a duck go through your head. It is all wacky, slapsticky. And that's fine. I kind of feel like that's what they were trying to do. Overall, not my favorite, but it was entertaining. And I think next week's will be better. Yeah, and I still I really like Freddie Jones, and I think he did a great performance as this overhill actor that, but is very full of himself and like I will hear myself. Even as the as the show is ending, he's taking Betty away and he's going back into his 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 speech that he started with in the beginning. In the beginning, where yeah. he still wants to just talk, 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 and like I don't know if anybody cares, but yeah, my dear dear compatriots, I take my leave. I think he's a great actor. Yes. I think it was cool to have him on this show. He did a great job. I do have a couple of reviews. Okay. Three comments on the old YouTube. Derek writes, I think I'm in love with Betty. Betty is great. She is one of my favorites on the show. She's sweet. Barry wrote, the first episode that ABC did not schedule as they canceled the series the week before, July 4th, 1992. You could either watch a two-hour special on AIDS awareness, a new light, or stare at a test pattern in your mind. (laughs) A test pattern Pattern in your mind. Wow. I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It's very weird. And Ben. Wow, that wasn't me. Not you. Ben wrote, hey, look at that. During this episode, I noticed that Blinky Watts, the guy affected with Bozeman simplex, is played by the same guy that played Miller on the film Repo Man, hmm. Tracy Walter. How cool is that? So cool. A little fun fact for yes. you. <laughs> it, it was a review. It was a little comment and fun fact. And I, I pronounced Bozeman Simplex right. And you, you did. You saw him. I would have said it right. We saw him <laughs> briefly. He was the one that screwed up the sound effects for the duck sketch. Because instead of the ducks, it was something else. Oh, yeah. And yet again, hurry up, twins. You see the Hurry Up Twins, and you have to hear the guy. Hurry Up Twins. The Hurry Up twins. twins. So, Brian, we've got episode five to talk about. And this is kind of the uh, Mr. Peanut, Betty Sister episode. Yeah, you know, overall, I really enjoyed this one. There's a lot of moments of this episode that I really, really liked. I'll tell you, this this was the last one to air in the United States. So this one was the last episode to air? Yes. Really? Which I think is fitting, and it feels... 
to me, I actually feel like it, it could have ended the series. Like, it's a good, to yes. me, it's a good way to end it. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Yeah. So this aired on July 4th, which is the 4th of July. Horrible timing. 1992. But Why? Yeah, Everybody's like, out celebrating the 4th right, of July. They're like, yeah, they're like, we're done. <sighs> and this was written by Mark Frost, who, you know, he also wrote episode one and two. Yep. And directed by Leslie Linka Ladder. We get to meet Betty's sister, Sylvia. Uh, Mr. Peanuts. Now, Mr. Peanuts is the puppet star of ZBC's morning show, and he's voiced by Wally Walters. <laughs> so they're creating a world in this episode. It's um, world building, really. Yeah, uh, kind li- of, yeah. Like you're, I guess you're right, yeah. You're giving us, now <coughs> this channel has a morning kids show. You're, you're getting other shows to get involved with this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You're broadening it out. I guess that also you could include uh, Betty's sister. That yeah. you're now expanding her universe that she has a sister. Yeah, yeah, which we never heard about before. I will say, in the original first script there, the episode one, which Mark Frost wrote, yeah. there is a whole dialogue about her sister, which I thought I'd get into real quick. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. So the director uh, there, he says, you know, he says about Betty that she's kind of a dimwit, even though mm-hmm. he, in his own way of speaking. And Dwight there, the producer, it says that um, uh, her sister is the great Sylvia Hudson, a major star on another network. Granted, when our casting development found her, she was folding clean sheets in the hospital. So I guess they're saying that, you know, Betty was nobody. But I think they were intrigued that she had a famous star sister on another network, which they do say in this episode, too, that she was a star from another network. Mm -hmm. But that she was nobody, but that they thought that, oh, we should give her a chance because maybe that will get people to watch the show. In what world would someone say, you know, let's hire this this Baldwin brother. He's never been on anything. His brother's huge, but we have his brother who's never (laughs) acted before. Billy? Yeah, let's get Billy Baldwin in (laughs) here. no. On Friday Night Fever live, yeah. you know, like it's it, isn't the weirdest, bizarrest Man, thing. They probably there are people out there that probably do this. That they he kind of looks like his brother, and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And another part of the, of the first script, uh, Nicole there, Bud's assistant, the president's assistant, says she's she's mad about Betty, and she says, "God, I hate that stupid actress. I hate her famous sister too. They're both idiots." But it's funny again. There's a little reference about her sister. Yeah. So. I'm guessing this was Mark Frost's idea, and he decided to go with that idea in this episode. Like, yeah, kind of something yeah. he had already was working with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. The seed was planted in episode one. Right. And yeah. now they could add, now now they need material to keep what going in the show. Why not bring her in? And... Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, it's very smart thinking. You're thinking ahead when creating a pilot. And some shows don't do that. They'll create a world later on right. where you've never heard of these people. But this was kind of very smart of Mark Frost. And I think Mark Frost has always been that. I mean, we, we, he worked with Hill Street Blues. Yeah. And his experience with Twin Peaks, that he was he understood that you needed to have a lot of characters to come in. So I think it makes sense that he had this idea of expanding it with family. And- the only wild card in this is how Betty Hudson, the woman without a brain, will react to having her famous and more talented older sister on her turf. Oh. We have to be very careful with Betty McGonagall. She's skittish. Mm. Betty and Sylvia Hudson are like oil and water. You could make a salad dressing out of it, but you'd have to throw out the lettuce. Also interesting, Mark Frost comes from, like you said, Hill Street Blues, where the cast was pretty big. And in Twin Peaks, that cast was big, too. I mean, even this show, the cast is pretty big. It's an ensemble. Yes. All these shows he's involved with are ensembles. In David Lynch's world, you don't really see an ensemble. You just see a core group of characters generally not you're like, right i mean a lot so there's times where it'll just focus on two characters for a, a, have dialogue you're right it's yeah. not really so it's interesting i wonder if that's what mark frost brings to the table is creating this world with more than just four or five characters you're getting like 10 12 yeah. and they can have a bit part but hey down the line you can give them a whole episode so it's kind of cool yeah we're gonna go scene by scene here ben so scene one we have Bud is talking to Dwight about getting Sylvia Hudson to come on, Betty's sister. And as they're discussing this whole thing about Sylvia coming on and it's going to attract other talent to come on the yeah, show. Yeah, it'll, it'll help. Right. It's yeah. like they, they'll get all these famous people and it'll help the show up. They'll become like a Saturday Night Live. Right. which It'll be trending. Yeah, it'll be trending. It'll be huge. As Bud is standing there, there's a wall behind him and this puppet shows up. The third-rate moth-eaten puppet host of your morning kitty show plays hardball during contract talks and what you do. You fold like a deck chair and promise him a featured guest slot in your hottest primetime show. 
And the puppet shows up behind Bud and throws a potted plant to the back of his head. And getting head injuries will become a very common theme amongst this episode. Yeah, I guess you're right. And the next episode. Yes. And his name is Mr. Peanuts. The puppet. And then Bud basically starts yelling at Mr. Peanuts, but then starts saying, no, I'm yelling at the puppeteer. Right. Wally. Uh, Wally Walters. There. Yes. yes. And uh, Wally says that Bud scared Mr. Peanuts and asked him if he would pet him. Wally asked uh, Bud also about, do you know Mr. Peanuts' song? And Bud says, no, I don't. And like, so he's trying to have... The- He's trying to uh, make Bud feel better about how Mr. Peanuts was acting and stuff. But it's interesting. Yeah. He says, do you know Mr. Peanuts' song? And Bud's like, no. And he's angry and he's upset with the, the puppet. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a whole backstory about the puppets behind the scenes of making the On the Air. So Courtney Stalling uh, went to this USC On the Air retrospect event. So at the event, Bob Angles mentioned that him and Leslie Linka Gladder, the director, had traveled to the house of a puppeteer and actor, Chuck M- McCain. Mm-hmm. And he is the actual guy who plays uh, Walter in the show. Which explains a lot. It explains a lot. And I, I, I want to give you some backstory real quick, too, since we brought his name up there. Sure. Wally Walters is played by Chuck McCain. He actually is a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. And he's an actor, and he's done stage and radio and television. But back in the day, he, he did puppet shows. He did stuff with Captain Kangaroo. And oh, there wow. There's a Rudy Gazzuti. I've never heard of it, but this is stuff from the 60s. And then he came back in the 80s, and he would do uh, children's TV shows with puppets. And so That's cool. He's been around for many years. Unfortunately, he passed away this past year, I think in April. Oh. But he's... He's kind of a legend in his own right with, mm-hmm. when it came to children's shows. So, so it's very fitting that you have a real-life puppeteer who did children's show actually playing that on on the air. That's really cool. Bob Angle says how they actually went to his house, and he actually had puppets at his house, and they had to pick out – Leslie and, and Bob had to pick out the puppet they wanted. And the room was filled with like more than 100 puppets. Oh, my God. And they picked three puppets. McCann then said, you have to tell each puppet why they were rejected. <laughs> so all the puppets that were there, and Leslie didn't want anything to do with it, and she walked, she walked away. But Bob, I guess, stuck around and, and talked to the puppets <laughs> to say, I'm sorry, this is why you were rejected. And, you know, this episode plays to that point of being yelled at, and you have to apologize to a puppet. Weird. He didn't do all 100 puppets. I guess there were three puppets, and he picked one out of the three, three puppets. And, re- and the other two, he, he uh, Bob had to say why you, they were rejected. I've that. heard some strange stories about puppeteers. I mean, maybe they don't want the puppets to feel rejected and have bad mojo. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting how they wrote that kind of thing into this episode about a puppet having feelings and being sad and being yelled at by multiple people and then the the person has to like make amends to the puppet. It it is a very weird thing. I would very love odd. it one day next year if we had a puppeteer on. I would love to just talk to a real puppeteer about this. If this is like a common practice among puppeteers. Totally, I agree. And talking about puppets, mm-hmm. it's interesting also that Mark Frost Back in the 70s, when he was in college, he was also working on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Isn't that cool? So, I mean, he Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood deals with a lot of puppets, King Friday and yeah, Daniel yeah. Tiger and all these things. So you do wonder when he's writing this episode if he goes back to his time working on that show, a children's show which has a great message. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I mean, I feel very much that there must be some influence. I also think of a new show. I don't know if you've heard of the show uh, Kidding. It's, I believe it's on Showtime with Jim Carrey and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that character is a very much Mr. Rogers type character. And he's got puppets. And yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time, th- this show is interesting because he's kind of having a nervous breakdown. So he's he will have this image of a wholesome, sweet guy. Yep. And he's kind of losing it. And it's trying to like... Keep that away from the public that he's kind of having a nervous breakdown. breakdown. That's cool. I still got to check that out. So scene two, Betty is upset that Sylvia is coming, is going to be coming on the show. She finds out and she, you know, she's crying in her uh, dressing room. She's talking to Ruth about like why, you know, her and her sister never got along. Oh, 
to be kind and caring towards each other. They are? Uh, someone came by taking donations, and she tried to donate me. <laughs> she mailed her a signed picture for her birthday, Betty's birthday, that said she was adopted. Yes. Which is horrible. That's horrible. Lester comes in, and he's on, like, what I what I see. He's on cloud nine. Yes. Because he's fantasizing about Sylvia. In a way, we will find out that is very not true. Right. But in his mind, he feels they had some weird romantic chemistry. But they will come to find out it is not true. She doesn't barely remember right. him. But in his mind, he's like... We could have been together, but we went our separate ways. And he's basically saying, I don't know if some kind of paper said they were together. That He, he made out to be like, we really knew each other, yeah. if, you know, if you get my drift. You yeah, know, they yeah. They really knew each other. It bothers me about this. It seems out of left field is that for all these episodes, Lester can't stand Betty. And ne- never did he say, well, I once knew her sister. Like, it's kind of like... She came out of nowhere, and he hates her, and he hates that she might become the star of the show. I feel like we should. I thought that too. Okay, shouldn't we have known that he been like? I don't like her, but I love her sister. I agree with you. Also, I'll even I'll even add to that and say if her sister is someone that he was he thought he was romantically involved with in his head. Yes. He would kiss Betty's ass. Yes. Because he just would, to see her. Just to see her. Be like, oh, Betty, you're the best. Right. And, like, secretly hate her. Oh, your sister, you know, I love her. Like, he would want to do anything to get into that family. Yeah. Even to go as maybe date Betty so he could be with his sister and then dump. Right. You know, like, yes. that's what I'm thinking of. That could the be pop- a great storyline. Yes. That could be the next episode <laughs> or something. Or oh, a clever thing they should have done is change the last name of her sister. So it was uh, Sylvia. Stone, uh-huh. and it, you know, whatever it would have been her star name, and so at like that. So then he could have been like, I had no idea that your sister was so and so. Oh, and that's least, clever too. Right? Yeah. Then, then it would have been more interesting to be like, oh, I, I was in a movie with her, and I had no idea you knew her or your her sister. And I think that would have been more interesting than having her last name the same. Yeah. It is weird that she kept her last name. Usually celebrities do not. Yeah. That's not their true name. Right. Most of the time. Yeah, man, Ben. We should wrote for this show. <laughs> we would have made this episode a little bit better. Uh, it is good, but yeah. we could have made it clever. So going into scene three. So everyone's gathering around outside to meet Wally and Mr. Peanuts. But Nicole, whose character becomes more and more outrageous as the series goes. She's so angry. She's angry <laughs> to the point of I think her head's going to explode at I times. I agree, yes. I like that. Yeah. And Wally's going to introduce himself and Mr. Peanuts. And right away, Nicole comes in and uh-huh. like, the number one guest, Sylvia. Yeah. Yes. You're introducing someone. You think Sylvia would just walk out and, hi, everybody. But nope. She had to have the lights, the music, the bring door. Out, bring out the red carpet. The red carpet. Literally, literally bring out the red carpet. Yes. It's the only way she's going to enter this set is by being presented in this fashion. Lester comes right over. With flowers. <laughs> and Sylvia basically does, doesn't seem to remember Lester at all. Um, and Betty finally reunites with Sylvia. She comes over and, you know, I haven't seen you in a long time. And she looks at her. She goes, Betty, let me look at you. Okay. Makeup! <laughs> and then she goes, makeup! <laughs> and Betty's like, ah! And she starts crying and runs away. <laughs> Oh. Poor Betty. Wally meets Sylvia. So Wally's standing there. He's like, I'm your biggest fan. She like makes a comment because he's a bigger guy. He's like, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't get it because he's, he's a nice guy. He's not- and she's actually sweet at first. He's like, oh, it's nice to meet a fan. And she's it's like, like, what a nice puppet. Double hand, double-handed compliments almost. It's like, it's like she's insulting you, but so sweetly you don't realize it at first. Yes. And then he pulls out Mr. Peanuts and she goes... Oh, hi, Mr. Peanuts. And he's like, oh, he's shy. And she's not getting it. And then he was like, oh, I can't wait until we have our first scene together. And she's like, what? I will not be in a scene with you. Not with a puppet. Not with a puppet. She tears him down. She tears the puppet down. And she basically says, I don't want to be caught dead working with a puppet. Right. Don't even. She's too good for that. Yeah. Don't even dare. I'm surprised she's even going to do TV. (laughs) Yeah, why is she even doing the show? So while Sylvia walks away after that whole teardown, one of my favorite scenes is Sylvia has this little tiny dog. It's on the ground watching Nicole's butt 
bounce back and forth as she's chewing out Wally for no reason. Just being Wally, the dog gets aggravated and chomps Nicole's butt, and she screams. Ah! Yeah, I guess it just because her the motion that she's making makes him want to like it's almost like a chew toy. I guess. Yes, like, yes. Ah, yeah. And Nicole, she just becomes this wacky character where weird things will happen to her. Going into scene four, starts off with Lester and Sylvia on a bench. Where Lester is basically trying to get her to remember him. It's a sweet flirtatious, you know, with each other, and he's like, "Oh, you remember our scene?" She's like, "Oh." I don't know. And he's like, I was singing. and He had no lines. He had no lines. Come to find out, he had no lines. He had a monkey. He was in the background. He was on a pier. That was the only thing they ever shared together. Yeah. Uh, the monkey peed on him. That's right. She she came over, gave the monkey um, a coin, and the, uh, the monkey gave back a seed or something, and then peed on Lester. They laugh about it. And she's like, oh, you're the one that was singing. And she there was barely, nothing to it. Nothing. It's all and in And I head. think they, they, they make a joke about it, like, oh, acting. Acting again or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. So Lester's all smitten. So while this is happening, I love what's going on between Sylvia's dog and the dog from the studio, which the name escapes Snap. Me. Snap. You're right. Snap. So Snap is having this, like, flirtatious thing with Sylvia's dog. Um, he's coming out with a little sign that says, uh, won't you be my friend? And then <laughs> Sylvia's dog barks. Then he walks away. Then he comes back with another sign. I send you the smile of goodwill. Then he walks away. He comes back with another sign. Come fly with me. <laughs> so as the dogs are flirting, as, as Sylvia and um, Lester are flirting, Nicole is in the background like an evil villain in the shadows watching this getting steamed like she's getting pissed yes it's, because it's, she has a, because we've seen Lester Guy and Nicole they're make in a out. relationship they're in a relationship they're in a work relationship I are think. they it's more than a work relationship I, I feel like Lester's a user yeah maybe I think he's only using Nicole to help him get rid of Betty yeah but they've definitely been yeah they're both they're both Horrible people, so they deserve each other. I guess so. <laughs> Lester and Sylvia are just talking about acting, and they didn't really have a relationship, and Nicole sees it as, right. Yes. I think I think Sylvia is talking on a pure acting level, and I think Lester is talking like he's, like, he's reassuring those thoughts he had in his head, and it's becoming, like, infatuation with her. Right. You know, like, it's, it's elevating that. Yeah. Because he's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So scene five, they're getting ready to go live. You know, the show takes place that night. It's interesting. The show takes place that night, and they all just met each other. They all got in. You well, know. I mean, at the beginning, I thought at the beginning, I might be mistaking the episode. I think when, when, when in the dressing room, it was funny. It was Monday. I think Lester says, what what day is it or something Oh, you're like right, that. and Betty. And she says it's Monday. Monday. So. And as we've talked about, I feel like this might be like a Saturday Night Live and since it's probably the weekend that it comes out. So you're it's probably possible right. time has gone by and it just isn't yeah. as clear. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. It's probably a Friday or Saturday. Um, it, yeah, we should have had a rehearsal. Like, there was no rehearsal in the show. No, the show just goes from A to Z in one day. Uh, they're getting ready to go live. Sylvia's entrance. Now, we remember, Sylvia's entrance is lights, music. Open the door, red carpet. That's what she wants. Yes. For the perfect entrance. Right. Everything does go as planned for the entrance, but Nicole, she's standing next to these gears that Tiny, is it Tiny or Shorty? I believe it's, sh I think it's Shorty. Well, I wrote it down. Shorty. So Shorty is holding these gears to have the door spring open. So the entrance happens as he's doing it, Nicole's dress gets caught in the gears, and Nicole starts yelling, like, Adam, like, my, my dress is caught, let go, let go. He, he goes, okay, let's go. <laughs> the door snap back, slap Sylvia in the face, and her dress just rips off, and she's wearing lingerie. Yes. Which is weird. Well, it's probably for Lester. Maybe That's like, what I was thinking, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, trying to get Lester back. Yeah, like, look what I'm wearing. Shorty enjoyed it. Yeah, Shorty enjoyed it. He thought it was hilarious. But what happens to Sylvia? She gets hit in the face not once, not twice, <laughs> but almost, th I think, three well, times. The doors, the doors open, close, open, close, open, yes. close. And that's where it's, like, zany. Yes. Stuff, yeah. She gets, like, a brain injury. She falls to the ground laughing. Her dog takes off. She's, like, in La La Land. You yes. know, like, she just got slapped in the head, like, three times. 
Then the red carpet rolls up and it rolls the dog up, which is kind of funny. And it has a sound of a train, I believe. It sounds like a train coming and it just rolls up and the dog gets rolled up, which is a lot of fun. Right. And then is it Blinky? This is what Blinky is seeing right now. Blinky is seeing Sylvia fall over, but because of his Bozeman simplex, he's seeing the, like, it looks like a gif or a gif, however you want to say it, of just Sylvia falling back and forth, like in a loop. And then he's seeing floating uh, an oven mitt and a kitchen utensil. (laughs) That's it. And I'm like... They ran out of ideas for what he was saying. Like, they're always got a bizarre thing. But you know, right? It has nothing. It doesn't to me seem like it has anything to do with 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 the sketch. Yeah. I, I would think maybe a dress, a dog, which later on he'll see a dog. I, I'm yeah. like, it should have uh, corresponded with what's going on, right? Right. That's what I thought. Uh. Like he must have been in the kitchen or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> scene six, which is the big final act of the show, Lester's big scene with Sylvia. So Sylvia is standing outside by the well in a fence, but she's dancing around, acting crazy. Lester, he, he has to show up dressed as a tennis player. He's got, like, he's supposed to come and say his yes. serious life. This sketch is not funny at all. It's like a serious sketch. He comes and talks about tennis, yes. playing tennis, and, like, she's supposed to be his wife or girlfriend. Be clear here. I don't think a Lester guy is supposed to be a comedy. It's not. It's not a comedy show because we have, like, a man being sentenced to uh, the electric chair, and you have... Yeah, isn't it weird? It's like a sketch show for, like... I know. What kind of sketch I, show? I think it's actually going to be serious stuff. They make it funny because they can't get it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know what, though? That plays well. He's come out uh, near this wall, and he's going to talk with Sylvia, and she's fallen in a oh. well. <laughs> she, first, she drops a well bucket right in there. She's and, banging it back and forth, yeah, too. Yeah. She looks down, and all of a sudden, she just falls head first into the well yeah. with her legs sticking straight up. And you just hear a thud. And they're like, oh, God. So everybody's like, okay, we need a Sylvia out there. We need right. a character. And just say, I don't know if this makes you think of this, but I think of Wizard of Oz with uh, the Wicked Witch and all you see is her her shoes and stuff. I don't know. That's what made me think of all you can see is Sylvia's legs and her shoes oh, out of the well. Yeah, so, so. and they start dancing later on. <laughs> Lester is still doing his scene, but it's kind of hard to do a scene with all you see is shoes and a well. So yep. right, you need to have... So, well, Mr. Peanuts comes out dressed as Sylvia. <laughs> in a wig in and a, a dress. dress. Yes. Betty comes out to do Sylvia's lines. Then on top of that, you have a cast member, Bert. He shows up dressed as Sylvia. Yes. Everyone's but com- they're all doing lines, too. So they're yes. coming out and they're, do- they're all each doing the line of, is it Penelope? Yes, Penelope. Yeah. Yeah. They're all doing these lines. They're all dressed up. Again, you have like this other character that I don't know. We talk about sometimes, but there's the other character really that is the American public. So you have like from the viewpoint of the American public watching the TV, like yes. some people will be doing in the kitchen. Some people are in the in the living room. But you have them all watching this TV and they're like, what's going on? Dad? And this show went off the rails because when it cuts to the executive the network executive seats, it's the duck. Well, I'll say this. The, <laughs> I believe the duck was, was sitting in the executive chairs in the pilot as well. Oh, really? And and you think it's just one duck, but there was that one episode, I think, that that, uh, that the duck got fried. I think yes. there was other ducks. So there yeah, are there were multiple, multiple ducks. ducks. But we, we always think it's that one duck. And then it pans over, and there's like one guy taking notes, and he's just watching in like dumbfoundment. <laughs> he's just like... Am I really watching this? Uh, like, and he it looks like he could be a reporter. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Like right, you have to do a review. Or yes, something, or he's or like, I, I, I give up. I hate <laughs> my job at this point. So all these people come out just to Sylvia, the Pe- Penelope character. Betty shows up, and then Bert shows up uh, in a dress. She finally gets out of the well, but as soon as she gets out of the well, the bucket somehow swings and just knocks her right in the head again. Mm. But that seems to wake her up. That like yes. that last bucket hit of the head wakes her up out of a stupor. So Mr. Peanuts is out there, dresses her. She sees it, <laughs> rips the dress off Mr. Peanuts and, and tells wig. him off. And the wig. Basically, tells him off, basically says, uh, you should die. Mr. Peanuts, you should just go kill yourself. Yes. So Sylvia goes back to the door like, Lester, 
we, we should finish our scene now. And she goes right to the camera of American people and says, the people want to see me. They don't yes. want to see basically Mr. Peanuts and all that. Yeah. And Betty really, um, she sees that Mr. Peanuts is very sad. And Betty comes over and starts talking to Mr. Peanut. Like, you know, chin up and, you know, all, all this stuff. And then, like, everybody from the staff and the crew come over and they're like, no, Mr. Peanuts, you know, life is good. And you, you should you should be happy and who cares you know what she thinks i think there's important things to say even before that just real quick oh what president bud there he does something out of character i think for him you know you have sylvia leave space and the puppet is still really upset and mm-hmm. bud tells the camera oh, person, yeah, yeah, yeah. zoom in i want to focus on this puppet like that's where remember that the, yeah bud is kind of like thinks that this is an idiot puppet and the star is going to be Sylvia, and they're going to bring the bring the people in, and that's You're what right. it's all about. And he's, he, this is the moment where he's realizing, you know what? Maybe, maybe this puppet could be the star of this show uh, for this episode, and so at that. And he's the one that tells camera, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. And that's when Betty comes over there, and they have that moment, and then everybody's getting involved. But it's, it's so that's a really that's big true. Moment. Yeah, you're right. So Sylvia shows back up to her her spot. Bud gives a hand signal to Shorty about the door, like. He puts it across his throat, and Shorty looks at him, lets go of the lever, the gear, and the door slams into um, Sylvia yet again, locking her out of the scene. And then they all come together and sing the Mr. Peanut song. Wherever you go, it's your night to know you have a little friend. He's salty and sweet, his clothes are so neat, he's loyal to the end. What's his name you say, we stop and we say, hey, nice, it's Mr. Peanuts. Mr. Peanuts, the guy you go to when you cry, he can take a frown and turn it upside down. Friendly little fella, it's not your umbrella. If someone gives you trouble and they try to break your bubble, you just say, hey, nice. it's Mr. Peanut. Hey, Mr. Peanut. And it's a sweet song. And it's, it's, cool. it's, a, it's a moment that everybody comes together. I mean, the whole crew and the cast, everybody's singing along. Yeah. And even Bud, you know, he's kind of doing gestures. I don't know, it's like, not YMCA, but it's some kind of Peanuts thing. Yeah, yeah. He was... So they they and all they, got together. And they don't have Mr. Peanut theme music, but Betty opens up her little music box, oh. and that's how she's able to get the song going. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And they all sing, and I, I think it's an awesome moment. It was really cool. I like this scene a lot. You actually see Bud at the end shed a tear. Yes. Now that's what I call entertainment. He's moved by it, and yeah. it ends with that. That's how it yeah. ends. And to me, that's a big moment for Bud because he's always the angry guy, and and he's he's been moved. You know, he it's a heart. He becomes. He's like the Grinch. He's like he get, his heart grew uh, <laughs> bigger. What, what if you say this is like the Wizard of Oz episode? He get he gets his heart like the yeah. like the lion. No, that was courage. The, the Tin Man. What if you're up to something? You have two sisters. You have a good witch and bad witch. Hmm. You have a good person and a bad person. You have a little dog. Two uh, little dogs. Two little dogs. gangers here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, this is sort of like a Twin Peaks thing when Albert, you know he's a sarcastic asshole. Yes. But then when he apologizes, and you could tell he has a heart, when he apologizes to Harry yes. for punching him. Right. It's he, all about love. Yeah. Like, But it's also weird because it's like passive-aggressive. He yes. was so aggressive towards him. And then also when he's aggressive back, he like takes the the nice road all of a sudden. It's sort of like this. It's like very he's an asshole, but then right. he he cries at the Mr. Peanut song. Yes. He's kind of playing that same kind of character arc. It's yeah, a little cool. bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a favored uh, episode by many people. I mean, I think uh, Courtney really liked this episode, but Miguel Ferreira really loves this episode. It's probably his favorite episode. Really? I would say definitely it is really good. This is from uh, Wrapped in Plastic issue 35 where he mentions that it's his favorite episode. And he, he also says about uh, On the Air in general that, you know, the pilot was really good, but that some of the other shows lacked focus. You know, some weeks the show would be this way and then another week it would be another way and there was no real continuity. 
but he had fun making the show. He really enjoyed what he was doing. Totally agree. Yeah. I think this was a focused episode. I think the more focused episodes are my favorite. Yeah. And this is definitely goes in that category. Yeah. Totally agree. I do have a couple fun facts. Love fun facts. I can throw one at you. Okay. Sylvia Hudson's entrance twirling through a set of swinging doors is a homage. Is a ho- how do you? How is it caught that word? We're back, to, we're back to three years ago. Remember when we first started this show? It's it was homage. Oma- homage. Homage. I think it's homage. Me too. I'll say homage. Is an homage to how L- Loretta Young entered the set of the Loretta Young show. Ah. And I got a little interesting fun fact about the woman who plays Betty. She loved to perform and had her first series by 1984 called Down to Earth. Hmm. Her parents were happy for her but stressed the need of higher education. While she was starring in On the Air in 1992, she was also signed to be co-star on the new WKRP in Cincinnati. Wow. So she was actually on these two shows at the same time. Cool. She continued on to graduate school to complete her MA in clinical psychology and got her MFT license in October 2002. She's also done numerous voice work for the Spider-Man and Iron Man cartoons in the early 90s. Interesting. Which is really cool. Carrie from Facebook writes, I just listened to parts one and two today of On the Air. I am so glad you are discussing it. I remember being 15 and arguing with my mother about setting the VCR for another David Lynch show and getting the eye roll. I thought there were four episodes released, and I never knew there were seven total. A few things. Per IMDb, the last episode aired on July 4th, 1992. Why, oh why, would they air that on the 4th of July? No sense at all. This show was very much ahead of its time. Also, research Bozeman Simplex, which is fictional, but a rock group in Sweden took it as its name in 1992. Were they fan, perhaps? Also, I visited www.revoke.com. The DVD for On the Air is, on for, is for sale, along with another Lynch short, Hotel Room, which I've never heard of. Thanks as always. You both have such a fantastic podcast, and I enjoy your banter. See you in the Sycamore Trees, Carrie. And to answer the Bozeman Simplex, I did look into that. There is a band. You're absolutely right, Carrie. There's a band in Sweden. They use that name. They put a couple albums out. Their music can be heard to this day, which is really cool. That's they really were, cool. They took the name from... On the air. Wow. That's really cool. So on the air did influence something. Also, if you've never heard of Hotel Room Carry, I suggest if you purchase it or watch it online somehow. We did do an episode about Hotel Room with Jonathan Thorne, episode 86. Also, in episode 89 of our podcast, we do talk to Barry Gifford about Hotel Room as well. So if you can go out, watch those three episodes of Illegal Means. Definitely go back into our past catalog on TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com and listen to those. And Barry Gifford, he wrote Wild at Heart, but he also did Hotel Room. And yeah, yeah I loved some of those episodes of Hotel Room. Mm. And There's only three. Yeah. But you'll love it. So we appreciate the, uh, the message on Facebook, Carrie. Thank you so much. If you or anyone else has a comment, question, or theory about On the Air or anything else Twin Peaks or David Lynch related, send it to Twin Peaks unwrapped at gmail.com also you can send us a message through facebook or twitter we're both twin peaks unwrapped on both of those sites subscribe and leave us that five-star review on itunes we're on google play you can follow us on spotify and also you can subscribe and hit that little bell on the old youtube if you prefer with all that ben anything else before we we shove off into the night um, I think that's about it. We we are we're covering on the air throughout the year. The rest of the year is the on the year, air. So we're 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 nearing the end here. Like this, uh, well, what are we? We're at we're past the halfway mark. Yeah, we've got only. Yeah, we only actually have two more episodes of on the air. Wow. Um, we have a very special best of episode coming out. Yeah, um, how's that coming along? I mean, that's really ex- always exciting. You did a fantastic job, you and Scott Ryan and so many other of our uh, friends have done. Can you can you give us can you say anything about this year? Um, can I say anything about this year? Um, just it's coming out on Christmas Eve. 
Okay, that's great. That's all I can that's give you, you right now. Maybe I'll give you another. Do you think it's going to be week. as good as last year's? I think it could top it. I yeah. think it potentially to be, be even better. Wow, because that was pretty good last year. Yeah, we had the White Sands Radio. Radio was yeah. a lot of fun. I think this is going to top it. I can give you this. We have more cool ads. Oh, everybody liked the ads. So ads we, are fun. We did the ads again, so I, I it's going to be awesome. Cool. I can't wait. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.